ever to play at Michigan. And Anthony Carter and Desmond Howard are definitely one B and one C if you're going to give Braylon one A. But I mean, you you don't guys like him aren't around every year. And when you don't have a guy like that, it's hard to throw the ball downfield 35 yards and just say, like, all right, Mario, you're a true freshman, go up and get it. Or, come on, Steve, you're six foot instead of six four with a 42-inch vert, go up and get the ball. Yeah, but at the same time, at the beginning of this year, the offense was supposed to be the strength of this team, and they definitely let us down. The whole team let us down this year. Yeah, and uh, after spending two days trying to suppress the memories of this game, we, we, we got a chance to vent today. We, uh, my my Michigan football career is done and on a sour note. And uh, as game, baby. Alamo, San Antonio. And uh, also done is extra points for today. So for everyone here in the studio, I'm Steve Lake saying good night. And uh, yeah, sure. You are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. The sports department would like to thank you for your continued support of the University of Michigan Student Radio. Moss knocks over Tambellini, winds up and he scores! Just Tambellini lets a laser go from the near side circle, and the Wolverines take a 1 0 lead off the rocket, off the stick of Jeff Tambellini. Crosby, wrap your troubles and dreams, take four. Castles may tumble, that's made after all. Life's really funny that way. Sang the wrong melody, we'll play it back. See what it sounds like, hey, hey. They cut out eight bars, the dirty bastard. I didn't know which eight bars he was going to cut. Why don't somebody tell me these things around here? Holy Christ, I'm going off my nuts. Uh, the last bastion of freeform, WCBN, FM, and ABBA. Sounds like a bunch of left-wing hippies to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, that mic is on. The mic's on. Oh, my God. Turn off the microphone. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And uh, no hippies in sight, but I'm Jim Dwyer. No hippies. Well, I wonder if the Army Reserve is having any success recruiting hippies. <laughs> that could be a... Could be a problem these days. One, uh, one group that uh, hasn't been specifically targeted yet in their desperation may uh, experience an outreach. Yeah, and I just uh, I mentioned that just real quickly. They they had a new uh, study just last week about the uh, shortfalls in uh, military recruiting. And They're what's big. interesting about it, of course, is that it's mainly in the uh, Reserve and National Guard areas and also uh, active duty Army personnel of course uh, army personnel are likely to uh, end up uh, patrolling in Iraq <laughs> and uh, I just saw Jarhead last week and oh very interesting movie you know it's based on a memoir of uh, a guy named Anthony Swafford who uh, actually has an article in the most recent Columbia Journalism Review uh, in which he reviews some books 
he participated in the first Persian Gulf War, um, was a member of the Marine Corps, and uh, basically it was it was almost a sort of uh, surrealistic, absurdist look at uh, war itself, as well as uh, his particular situation in which he was uh, trained as a sniper expert, and he went all the way uh, over to the Persian Gulf, was stationed in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, for, uh, you know, th- three and a half, four months without, uh, you know, waiting for the orders, so to speak, and then when they finally got into combat, he didn't even fire his rifle. <laughs> it was all air power in that first Persian Gulf War, and uh, even when they were about to actually shoot somebody, the, uh, you know, uh, a lieutenant general uh, showed up on the scene and... Uh, place the order that the the shot not take place. So uh, we're seeing sort of a little bit of a full metal jacket uh, approach to uh, uh, the military. Anyway, tons of brain damage awards. Oh about. boy, that's for sure. I just uh, quickly want to dispatch this one regarding Bush's uh, appearance in China, in which he was talking about uh, the Bible. <laughs> that was just uh, an example of how a clueless. This president really is about the world, the world and history. Uh, he was talking about the freedom to worship religion and then threw in the Bible as part of it. And, of course, uh, if you knew anything about European slash American imperialism of the 19th and 20th centuries, he would know that uh, that is a very offensive approach to lecture the Chinese about human rights. Yeah, Bible in one hand, a sword or some other weapon in the other. That was pretty much the uh, the approach. So uh, he just gets a brain damage award for uh, well, flunking eighth grade history. Well, I'm sure he had somebody to do those papers for him. I don't know if we can really this merits a brain damage award. Uh, he's trying to be lighthearted and jovial here, I'm sure, but the stretch of photos on the front page of today's Times. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw that. Pretty ridiculous. I mean, uh, the world already knows that the man is uh, a moron. A shirker and a shmirker. Shirker, a smirker, uh, a towel snapper, uh, you name it. Uh, Somebody who's proud to not read a book. Worship the Almighty, but don't read any books. Um, But the second picture from the top of him with this sort of doofus look, ah, this door's locked, I can't escape. Um there are many who can't escape his policies and uh, like his lighthearted look for weapons of mass destruction under various pieces of uh, Oval Office furniture. You know, I'm all about uh, comedy and a well-timed, well-placed laugh, but uh, this guy's an idiot with, with no sense for true comic uh, gestures. Yes. So uh, why bother? Let's make a deal. Is it door number one, door number two, <laughs> or door number three? Uh, still in search of the weapons of mass destruction, which, of course, uh, brings us to the uh, interesting uh, debate over the weekend regarding John Murtha. I think that this, uh, you know, it's interesting. Oh, well, there's really, I mean, the debate is artificial. Yeah. I mean, he's nailed, uh, he's hit every single nail right on the head with his comments. Yeah, and it's interesting because in my mind this is just going to go down in history as one of those seminal moments in the right shall we say ultimate uh, demise of the uh, 
Iraq war policy of the Bush administration. Or alternately, the American Republic. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, you know, Murtha. I'm not a big fan of John Murtha. Let's face it. This is an old uh, bull of the, of the Congress who's for he, years been basically a, sort of a defense workhorse. Sure. For, he's well positioned to make these remarks, yeah. though. And that much, I think. And that's what's important. Yeah. I mean, this is sort of a little bit like, Cron- not, I mean, it's not a, totally analogous, but it's like Cronkite uh, informing the American people after uh, he went to Vietnam in 68 after the Tet Offensive that the war in Vietnam was unwinnable. And I think that Murtha has pretty much said, we're losing. This war is un- unworkable and uh, we need to change direction, et cetera, et cetera. And the just outrageous comments by the congresswoman from Ohio, Jean Schmidt. I don't know if you saw the video Which of her. Which were shouted. <laughs> they weren't really comments. I mean, the You're woman. You're being gracious there. <laughs> sort of looks like uh, maybe the daughter of the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, she's got a future, I think, in a remake of The Wizard of Oz. Uh, I'm melting. <laughs> uh, and, of course, she was wearing this red, white, and blue uh thing I, I don't know what jumpsuit i don't know what it was <laughs> uh it was a uh, remark and it had stars across the front and then of course she, she's a real american she's the most uh, recent member of congress and by the way she became the congressperson in a very interesting race in ohio that she barely won by mm-hmm. the way um i'm trying to remember the name of the guy uh Portman, that's it. Uh, the, the, uh, he is the new uh, American trade envoy, so he gave up his seat in Congress, and this pitted Gene Schmidt uh, in a northern suburb of Cincinnati, I, I believe, against this uh, former uh, Iraq veteran who ran as a Democrat, and uh, he got about 48% of the vote in a very heavily Republican district, one of those districts where the Republican uh, turnout and vote total dropped by about 10 points from the most recent congressional, unquote, presidential uh, results. But this outrageous uh, comment about, you know, cowards. Cowards cut and run. Cut and run, yeah, that was it. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the denunciation of her bad analogy was uh, sort of uh, an unusual scene in the in the House of Representatives. In fact, I understand there were nearly fisticuffs. Uh, with a few of the members over this uh, emotionally charged comment. So we'll just give her a brain damage award for uh, poor taste, uh, poor judgment, and uh, bad clothing. Apparently she's been uh, looting Evil Knievel's closet for uh, wardrobe. Yeah, she looked like a cartoon character. Well, these, you know, gung-ho, uh, now that we're there, let's stay committed and, you know, continue the fight. One of the oldest and most internationally acknowledged and respected textbooks of tactical uh, efforts towards war, uh, the very famous Art of War by Sun Tzu. Uh, One of the main precepts of this famous book is if you can win a war without even fighting a battle, that's the ultimate victory. And, of course, it's been said so many times it's redundant. This whole strategy was, you know, doomed from the beginning. Well, it was doomed from the beginning, and one of the things that I find so offensive about Dick Cheney's, uh, you know, new approach to uh, taking on Murtha, as he has over Mm -hmm. the past several days, and, you know, Murtha had some great rebuttal. I mean, they're just not going to win a PR 
debate with this man. I mean, you know, he's got these great remarks just <laughs> in response to Mirth, uh, to Cheney. He said, quote, I like guys who've never been there that criticize us who have been there. Right. I like that. I like guys who got five deferments and never been there and send people to war and then don't like to hear suggestions about what needs to be done. Obviously, that's a reference to Dick Cheney, uh, who went on the offensive against Mirtha. And it's just a debate that uh, the GOP is not going to win. Uh, they need to deal with Mirtha's uh, substantive approach. And, of course, what do they do? They, they pull this uh, charade on Friday night in which uh, they totally distort what Mirtha's position was, claiming, oh, well, we'll put the Mirtha proposal on the table in immediate withdrawal. Well, that got three votes, uh, 407 to three, I think, was the vote, something like that. Um, and that's the charade and the dishonest approach that the GOP is uh, using to sort of continue to defend stay the course. Right. And stay the course uh, is a mysterious uh, slogan for the uh, Butch Bush approach in Iraq because the course keeps changing. The justification <laughs> keeps changing. And it's now almost become, like Vietnam, a, oh, well, we have to defend the honor of the fallen sort of thing. Right. They'll have died in vain. Um, that argument has uh, been heard over the weekend. And I think that it's interesting that the most recent Harper's Index has this uh, little uh, item that I'll just read very briefly. It says, years after the start of the Vietnam War that a majority of Americans first said it was a mistake, quote-unquote, three and a half years after the start of the Iraq War that a majority said this a year and a quarter. Right above that, interestingly enough, they have the number of journalists killed in Iraq hmm. uh, compared to Vietnam over 20 years, which was 63 versus uh, 71 in uh, roughly uh, two and a half years. So that in and of itself says something. But Dick Cheney, to paraphrase Shakespeare, doth protest too much. And you probably know what play that's from. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's... Indeed, uh, that's uh, from Hamlet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Dick Cheney, I mean, this is incredible. This is a man that signed the Project for the New American Century document back in 98 when Clinton was mired in Lewinsky uh, a mania. And I think that's a good word for it. <laughs> Lewinsky mania, um, he was part of the, the cabal that signed the letter. And it's right. interesting when you go back and you check the 18 names on that document. Almost all of them ended up in the Bush administration, uh, including people like Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz. Doug Fife. Doug Fife, uh, and of course Richard Pearl. Uh, he technically was sort of a Pentagon advisor. Um, and also, of course, the current ambassador to Iraq, uh, Khalilzad. So uh, he was part of this original policy, and I just want to point out that the policy of overthrowing Saddam, uh, which, I mean, at the end of the day was going to amount to a war with Iraq, an invasion of Iraq, never mind the fact that for all intents and purposes, we've been at war in Iraq since 91. That's just a historical fact. In one way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah there's been uh, the, the bombings. Uh, it's either the, been no bombings, fly zones. sanctions, no-fly zones, etc. So the policy goal preceded the idea of selling the war to the public, which, interestingly, of course, started out 
by the right-wing neoconservative uh, columnists uh, in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, people like William Sapphire, um, Bill Kristol, Richard Pearl, uh, etc., uh, they were the ones that advocated the idea. Cheney, of course, advocated the idea in a speech to the VF- VFW in August of 2002. He was the one that was talking about the nuclear uh, possibility of Saddam, etc., and the weapons of mass destruction, the famous phrase. And what was the response uh, to military and CIA people that were leaking counter-information about the wisdom of the idea? Andrew Card famously said, well, you don't introduce a new product in August. A new product. As though it were some sort of uh, home appliance. Yeah. And the new product, of course, is a reference to a war plan, selling the war to the, the Congress. Then it was top administration officials, Rumsfeld, Rice, Cheney, uh, Wolfowitz, um, and, of course, the president himself, who ultimately were selling the war as a product to the public and to the Congress. And they eventually succeeded with all the dishonest... Uh, statements that were made. So for Cheney to just dismiss this, um, that we did not mislead the public, uh, is is sort of ludicrous. I mean, the evidence is overwhelming that they did. Uh, and it's interesting, too, to remember that Paul Wolfowitz, uh, in May of 2003, after the Iraq War had already started and it was way too late to call the troops back, admitted that the weapons of mass destruction was the bureaucratic compromise that was made to sell the product. Everybody could agree on that. That's what he said. As it causes belli. So, I mean, to to just dismiss all of the the public, I mean, there's so many statements on so many dates um, that show the dishonesty, the perfidy of this boneheaded plan, and to just pretend that it never happened or to claim that critics are engaged in revisionism, uh, the word that Cheney used, is strike, it strikes me as just hopeless. Uh, well, he utters uh, more falsehoods uh, in a week than many people have hot meals. Um, and, of course, Rumsfeld is dispatched over the weekend to go on all the Sunday morning chat shows and kind of float the idea that, well, maybe we will be able to withdraw uh, certain numbers of U.S. troops uh, the new claim uh, from Rumsfeld over the weekend is that the Iraqi government forces now number 212,000. Okay, well, there's been numbers back and forth on how many of these battalions are active, ready, trained, etc. And uh, as of last week, uh, I heard that there was one battalion of Iraqi forces. Uh, and the argument that's being floated, too, that, well, we can't pull out now because then there will be uh, an Iraqi civil war. Well, there's already an Iraqi civil war, and it was essentially jump-started by the U.S. invasion, which, uh, you know, John Bolton, to give out another brain damage award, uh, there's talks at the U.N. over uh, a reform agenda that he's got in mind, uh, and basically he's uh, suggested that if the United Nations doesn't do what uh, the U.S. wants it to do, well, then the United States may look elsewhere to settle international problems. Um, one wonders where they might go since the U.S. has already, uh, you know, poo-pooed the idea of international law. Uh, the Geneva Conventions have been, quote-unquote, rendered quaint uh, in the famous language of uh, now Attorney General Gonzalez. Um, 
And, of course, it's worth remembering that under the Nuremberg Standard, uh, it is a war crime to initiate military aggression. So uh, there are any number of war crimes that this cabal, or junta, as Gore Vidal has called the Bush administration, uh, could be accused of and, uh, you know, successfully prosecuted. Um, and, of course, it's very interesting that it's now been revealed, and this is just one more example of how discredited the uh, entire war in Iraq really is uh, regarding these white phosphorus chemical right. weapons. So many stories from the Pentagon, they can't even keep their denials straight. Yeah, and that's pretty much all proven to be false. Uh, just on this very briefly, I mean, because there are some technical aspects about these uh, munitions regarding um, whether or not they were violations of international law. Apparently, when used um, as... Uh, you know, illuminating uh, smokescreen-type uh, strategic weapons, they're okay. But uh, when uh, used on civilians, they are not. And I'll just read this brief item from Reuters. It says, a protocol to an accord on a convention. This, by the way, follows a categorical denial by the Pentagon Uh the author, or this is just a press item, says white phosphorus weapons are not outlawed or banned by any convention. He said, this is a Pentagon spokesman, Barry Venable, a protocol to an accord on a conventional arms, which took effect in 1983, forbids using incendiary weapons against civilians. It also forbids their use against military targets in concentrations of civilians except when the targets are clearly separated from civilians and, quote, all feasible precautions are taken to avoid civilian casualties. The United States is a party to the overall accord, but has not ratified the incendiary arms protocol. Well, there's a kind of a legalistic escape clause there for America, I guess, conveniently. Uh, And I'm sure uh, that this is part of the credibility gap uh, that continues uh, worldwide about America's uh, war policies in general. But my only observation there is obviously this attack on Fallujah. The United States did not uh, clearly separate civilians um, from the targets. Uh, They'll claim that they told the civilians to evacuate, but for gosh sakes, where are they going to go? Uh, Perhaps they could house themselves in a hotel somewhere in Iraq and FEMA could maybe pay their rent uh, for a couple of months and then give them the uh, the mandatory two week uh, <laughs> or scooch on up to the Kurdish areas. You're, you know, where they would no doubt you're be. cut off in two weeks and uh, have to find. Uh, right. we won't even go to F- into FEMA. There. Also, there were record, uh, reports that uh, the U.S. military was preventing uh, men, uh, male civilians, from exiting uh, in the suspicion that they were in fact insurgents. Yeah. <clears throat> um. And, in fact, I've got an article on this phosphorus thing by Scott Shane from uh, Today's Times, and uh, it states that uh, these claims that uh, the phosphorus has not deliberately been used to target uh, people is uh, contradicted by firsthand accounts by American officers in two military journals who noted that white phosphorus munitions had been aimed directly at insurgents in Fallujah to fr- flush them out. Um, War critics and journalists, of course, have uh, been talking about this for a while. The Pentagon a little slow on the pickup there to get uh, 
responding to this. Uh, it was originally begun by an Italian documentary. And I read an interesting uh, essay uh, a couple of weeks ago by Patrick Coburn in the uh, London Review of Books, who actually has been in Iraq since 1978 mm-hmm. covering uh, various uh, journalistic as- aspects of uh, the regime of Saddam Hussein and perhaps the American support for that regime in the 1980s. And he noted, for instance, in, in sort of reporting why the Civil War is um, <clears throat> going and proceeding and is really, for all intents and purposes, underway, he pointed out just uh, factually that uh, Saddam Hussein got the electricity going in, in Iraq uh, within six months of the American bombing in 91, in which we destroyed significant uh, components of the grid of electricity in Iraq, and as he pointed, Baghdad has these sort of rolling blackouts in which mm-hmm. they have power for two hours and blackouts for four hours, this sort of thing. And one of the generals, uh, Iraqi, one of the Iraqi trained generals, quote unquote, was talking about this continuing problem, and um, it is a problem. Uh, even today, two and a half years after the invasion, uh, infrastructure, basic infrastructure in in a, in a place as uh, big as Baghdad, uh, is still not up and running. Um, and that means clean water is uh, not regularly accessible. So it's 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 among other things. You know, it's the quality of life. Right. And um, if the Bush Cheney uh, junta regime c- cannot admit these types of failures in in uh, dealing with the consequences of their invasion, uh, then we have no hope. I mean, if they're going to continue to sort of attack the messenger in these sort of uh, ad hominem attacks against their critics, which they've repeatedly done, and it's interesting that while the policy aspects of the war in Iraq seem to be in the Cheney uh, White House cabal that uh, one of uh, Colin Powell's former aides has talked about, uh, it's also the leak that seems mm-hmm. to have emanated from this area. And there has been a <clears throat> very interesting analysis of this so-called rift between Cheney and Bush uh, that uh, seems to be simmering below the surface. So I think one of the reasons we saw Cheney emerge as the big uh, critic of Mirtha over the weekend, um, Bush obviously was... Uh, praising the Mongolian uh, fact that they'd contributed 120 troops to the war effort. And it turns out that Mongolia per capita is the third biggest supporter of the war in Iraq with those 120 troops. Uh, So I hope he saluted Genghis Khan while he was over there (laughs) and uh, praised the Mongolians for their... Oh, it it was unbelievable, you know, that they're on the road to democracy and freedom because they've been having elections for seven years or something. Right. Well, actually, there's yeah. Elizabeth Boomiller has a piece on this uh, tension in the Bush-Cheney relationship here uh, in today's times, and there's kind of a silly quote by Vin Weber, a uh, friend of Cheney's, former congressman, who says that well, yes, you know, uh, Boomiller details how uh, sometimes at meetings Bush will interrupt Cheney right in the middle of something, and his testiness, his legendary testiness, uh, not even Cheney has spared that. But Vin Weber says, oh, any friction between them would be viewed the way kids view an argument between dad and mom. And that is, it's a lot more serious to the kids than it is to the parents. Well, of course, some might want to know who's the mom in this bizarre yeah. coupling. Um, 
but uh, they still have their their private one-on-one meeting time, their their special lunches, which uh, Boo Miller calls the most important meeting in Washington. Well, I'm sure that Channing looks much better in a wig and dress than <laughs> than W. Well, W is out there riding the mountain bike on the Olympic uh, race course in China. He's a, he's an active man, and uh, Dick Cheney increasingly less active. Friends, according to this Boomer, Boomer article, uh, describe Cheney as subdued since the indictment of Chief of Staff and friend Lewis Scooter Libby, and they're concerned about his weight, which appears to be on the up again, and uh, Cheney is long overdue for a heart attack, and believe me, if indicted uh, to appear before, or uh, subpoenaed to appear before this uh, Scooter trial, you can be sure Cheney's going to... Oh, Elizabeth, I'm coming. I'm having the big one. I mean, he's due. So it could be scripted just as easily as that. While yelling out, Rummy, you big dummy. (laughs) Uh, And, of course, that's a reference all to uh, good old Red Fox. Yep. And uh, what was the name of that TV show? Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son, yeah. Yeah. Um, Boy, I hope Dick Cheney's watching reruns of that right now. It might calm his nerves. And, of course, it's funny that you mentioned the weight gain thing because that was a part of Bush's problem in responding to Katrina. He apparently was obsessed about the uh, seven pounds he'd gained over the summer and (laughs) demanded more workouts on the bicycle and kind of ignored all the problems that were going on actually in New Orleans. In the world. Well, usual. Uh, of course, Thanksgiving's later this week. Uh, I don't know if we've got an announcement that we're airing on the station. We've done it in years past. About uh, several organizations are behind an idea called the Buy Nothing Day, the day after Thanksgiving, which of course is one of the big shopping days. And of course, you know, yes, for many people, uh, Christmas is a religious holiday. For others, it's simply a time for family and a break from work. Uh, I'd say that's probably the majority of people who would see it that way. Uh, and yet, for our nation as a whole, it's the leading economic indicator. So uh, it's kind of a good idea, I think, to just avoid the whole shopping thing that day and uh, stay home. Enjoy the time with your family. Do yep. shopping some other time. And if you're going to spend money, make sure it's only on food and beverages. Right. Here's a good statistic on toy-related things from Harper's. Uh, the amount the U.S. spends annually on imported to- 